Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Hey, can we start with prayer today? Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that we, um, we get the privilege of serving in a life-giving local church. And we're so grateful to be a part of what you're doing at Tree of Life. Father, we understand that this church is not built on the individual. This church is not built on the gifts of an individual. This church is certainly not built on a platform. This church, literally, physically, these walls were built by the gifts of many individuals within this house. The people whose names some of us may never know, who gave time after work to come and to help frame walls and to help insulate and all the things that we've never heard of. But God, I thank you for those people that built this place. And Father, right now, I thank you that all across this campus, there are people who are still building this place. That there are teachers right now in early childhood ministry pouring the gospel into a three-year-old today because they're building the house of the living God. Father, I thank you that when we drove up this morning, we were able to find a parking place because there were parking lot attendants ready to greet not just us, but the brand new person who's nervous because they've never been to church. Father, I thank you that today we're in this building because an usher took the time to build the house of God by helping us find a seat and creating an atmosphere of peace and of care, a welcoming environment. God, we thank you that this church is not built on the gifts of an individual, but it's when many individuals come together as one, as the body of Christ, and you build your church, and you said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So today, Lord, we pray that you teach us how to be your church. Get me out of the way and speak through me. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Hey, listen, again, we are so privileged to be a part of a local church like this. I don't know if you know that, but if you've had the privilege of going to a lot of local churches, there's something special about what God is doing here at Tree of Life. And it's not built on a platform. It's not built on a speaker or a band. It's not built on a live stream or a camera. It is built on individuals who recognize their place in the body of Christ, and they choose to give, to serve, to grow the house of God. Because we believe that God wants to grow his kingdom. And the primary way that happens is through the local church. And you know, in January, Pastor Don taught four amazing messages. And it was basically this concept of turn northward. If you remember, he was preaching out of Deuteronomy and he was talking about how it's time to quit circling this mountain. And it was amazing to listen to all that he had to say and as uh, we spent time talking about that scripture, I'll read it for you just so you remember it. It says in Deuteronomy 1 uh, through 3, Moses is leading the people of Israel in the wilderness. And it says, Then we turned and we set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea, just as the Lord had told me. And we circled Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me saying, You have circled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And I think that that is uh, just such a wonderful picture for our church. And I hope that you took the time to listen to that. I don't know what your mountain was that God was asking you to quit circling this year. I don't know if it's the mountain of shame. I don't know if it's the mountain of insecurity. I don't know if it's the mountain of feeling unworthy because of things that you've done or things that were done to you in your past. 
I don't know if it's just the mountain of fear. You have anxiety about serving. I love, I was talking to somebody today just after they got off stage. I said, how'd it feel leading worship? And they're like, I felt comfortable, but shaky. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of what it feels like when you do what God tells you to do, right? There's peace, but I'm a little bit afraid of what's going on right now. But I don't know what that mountain is for you. But Pastor Don crafted this beautiful series that taught us, hey, we've got to break out of the orbit of the past, quit circling the mountain, and it's time to turn northward. And he was saying, we're going into a new normal. That the normal that you had of circling the same old issues and problems is not your normal anymore. You are moving forward into something different. And I pray that you felt a shift in your life, in your spirit, in your countenance, in your attitude, and your way of thinking this year, that I'm not staying where I was, but I'm moving into something greater. And then as that was happening simultaneously, we're in 21 days and Pastor Don had us praying. Actually, he told us about it in December about this concept of the threshold and how God was asking us to step over the threshold this year. And we were praying about Ezekiel 47 and how there's a river that flows from the throne room of God and it brings life everywhere it goes, but it flows over the threshold. And this picture of God has called us to release the river of God out of the doors of this church and into the community because everywhere that river flows, life goes as well. And then we moved into these go messages in February. Generosity and opportunity. A look back at all of that God has done through your generosity in 2022. And then looking at the opportunities that God has given us to be a blessing, to be a light in a broken and hurting world. And then I, I think it was just the most amazing cap for all of this that Pastor Don gave last week, where he said, when you pair generosity with opportunity, your generosity meets God's opportunity, not just the local church, yours individually, not just inside these walls, outside of these walls. He said, that's where you find your destiny. And this is the quote that he said, and I wanna read it so that I get it right, because I think it's really important for us to understand what he said. He said that destiny is a place and God has a place for everyone. Destiny is a place and God has a place for everyone. You know what he was saying? Destiny is found when you put your roots down in the local church. Destiny is found when you begin to activate your gifts in the context of a local body, when individuals begin to build the house of the living God. And he said that our church has a destiny for diversity, for special needs, for helping address poverty. And then he also said our church has a destiny for this region. And that word really stuck with me because that's something that our church has been praying about for longer than I really know. But the mark that I can remember is in March, 2020. I remember beginning to pray about the destiny that God has for this church in this region. And pastors continued to ask us to pray for that over and over again and to support that. That's why we're doing things like Lisa Turkus. That's why we do things like partner with the San Antonio and the New Braunfels food banks, all kinds of things, because we have a destiny in this region. And today I, I kind of had this thought as we go into this message and you're going to think I'm kind of crazy. You're going to kind of think that I, I didn't pay attention at all to anything that Pastor Don preached over the last few weeks because the title that I wanna to speak to you about today is Circle Again. You're like, well, I thought we just stopped circling. Well, we're gonna circle again. <laughs> just hold on, we'll get there in a minute. Circle again. Because there is this passage of scripture where the Israelites are told, stop circling the mountain. 
But that's in a place where they're in the wilderness and God brings them out and he brings them into a place of promise. And then he tells them, circle again. You know, God, the whole point of the story was God was pulling the Israelites from a place of bondage and slavery. For us, that's a picture of the world. For us, that's a picture of our sin, where we were ruled by a master, sin, where the Israelites were ruled by a master, Pharaoh, and made to do things that they didn't want to do. And God pulled them out. And God's destiny for you and I is that we're pulled out of sin and slavery to sin, but not just that we're free, but that we walk into the destiny and the purpose that he has. And here's what's so cool. Pastor Don's been talking over and over again about this church's call to be a blessing to this region. Do you know that God didn't just take the people of Israel out and leave them in the desert? God called them to a region. God called them to the promised land. And the whole goal was for him to get them out of where they were and into the promised land. And not just so they could have a beautiful place to live and so that they could live in freedom, but so that they could help show the nations who our God is. You see, this is all just a really long setup for Jesus to come in that promised land thousands of years later and bring deliverance to the entire world. And so today I want you to open your Bibles or uh, open your Bible app with me to Joshua chapter six, verses one through seven and then 15 through 17. And here's what it says. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. You know, you need to hear that for just a moment. When you see, let me rephrase that. When the devil sees all the things that God's brought you out of, you need to understand that maybe some doors are locked and maybe some attacks are coming against you because he's afraid of you that you might feel ashamed of your past, but what the devil's actually seeing is God delivered that person out of their past and I don't know what they might do to my kingdom. So I'm gonna go on the offensive against them. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Don't be afraid of the enemy, he's afraid of you. And no one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have, past tense, given you Jericho its king and all its strong warriors. I guess the weak warriors were just like, eh, whatever, you could have taken them anyways. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. I like that God said, you and your fighting men should march around the town. Sometimes God doesn't exactly tell you what to do. He'll just give you a little nudge and let you know it's him and you need to make the choice. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you're to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and he said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant that represented God's presence on the earth and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. And then he gave orders to the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn. So they've done this every day for six days. I skipped that part for you because it's pretty repetitive, as you can imagine. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and they marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. And the seventh time around, As the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared for she protected our spies. If you're new to the Bible, you're like, what is that last part about? 
The Bible is really interesting. And actually what's really cool about that is Rahab was a prostitute, but she protected the people of God and God saved her. And if you read fast forward, Jesus came through her lineage. God can turn your life around in one moment. And the things that you did because you felt desperate and people judged you for them, but you didn't know any other way to get by, God can turn it around and he can turn your story into something that blesses other people. So today I, I, I was reading this passage a while back. Actually, I wasn't even reading this passage. Can I just be honest with you? The, the simplicity of life is this. I was sitting in my living room. My wife was putting our little girl to sleep. How, do you, how many of you know, like, you're always nervous about who's gonna get picked to help with bedtime if you got a little kid? And you're like, is it wrong if I pray that it's not me? Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong if I do that. But I was sitting in the living room last Sunday after Pastor Don's message and um, Christy's putting London to sleep. And I felt the Lord just tug on my heart and say, just pray for a minute. And you know, it's the end of the day, you're tired. You're just kind of like, I can pray tomorrow. That's a good time too. Like we can talk anytime except right now. And I, I just started to just, oh, okay, I'll listen to you, you know? And I prayed for a moment and this is when this just began to hit me in a different way. I hadn't been reading this passage. It was like, God just put this on my heart. And I, I don't say that to, to say, look at me. I say that to say, what could God drop into your heart when he just tugs you a little bit to pray at the most random time? When he tells you, hey, turn the radio down on your commute right now. I wanna, I wanna speak to you. What if he's gonna tell you to encourage a coworker? What if he's gonna tell you to send a kind text to your wife? What if he's gonna tell you to take over bedtime that night? Oh my gosh, uh, that wasn't him. Uh, no, what if he's gonna give you a solution for your business? You don't know what he's gonna speak in those little moments, so just listen. But here's what the Lord put on my heart. God has called this church to be a blessing to this region. And Pastor Don's been taking us on a really specific journey. He's been telling us it's time to cross over the threshold. Do you know how the Israelites got into the promised land? The Bible says they took that same Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. And it says that they stood in the Jordan River when it was at flood stage. That means it was the wrong time to try to cross with probably a million plus people. And it says that when they put their feet in the water, the water began to part. Sometimes you've got to step out in faith before it looks like anything is changing. And when it looks like it's the wrong time, an inopportune time, and God begins to part the waters. So Pastor Don was kind of stressing to us, it's time to cross. They crossed this river into this place. And he was telling us it's time to leave behind the past. They had left behind the past. They had quit circling the mountain and they had turned northward. And then Pastor Don was telling us, hey, when you say yes to the opportunities God has put in front of you and you plant yourself in this congregation, in this place, then we will reach our destiny as a church. And so as soon as they come into their place of destiny, the Israelites, they step over the threshold. They've left the old behind. They've said yes to the opportunity God's placed in front of them. And they've crossed into their destiny. As soon as they get there, they're faced with a problem and they need a victory. And I just want to say today that sometimes when we step into our destiny, it just creates more work and more problems that we'll have to solve together. But God gave them seven keys to victory. And here's what I came really to say today. There are seven things that you and I need to do so that we can help this church become all that it's supposed to be. As I've listened to Pastor Don talk for months about this, I'm convinced that he cannot do it on his own, but he needs me and he needs you to say yes 
to jump in and to say, hey, listen, it sounded crazy to walk around the walls once a day for six days and then the last day to do it seven times and to yell and hope the walls fell down. That sounded ridiculous to everybody else. But to God, it was his divine plan for breakthrough. And I believe that if we're to step into all that God has for us as a church, then sometimes when Pastor Don gets up here and he says, I've got a vision, I've got a plan, we have to say yes, even if it looks to us like, man, that's a big ask. That's a big request. That's a big vision that you have on your heart. And here's seven things that you and I can do, practically speaking, as individuals to build this house. I want you to stay locked in with me today. And if nothing else, I want you to pick one thing that you're gonna do for the next six months. Commit to that one thing to build this house and to see breakthrough in this region and what God is doing through Tree of Life Church. Number one is we've got to pray. The importance of prayer cannot be overstated. Pastor Don says all the time that nothing happens without prayer. I'll tell you, there are times that I lean in and listen a little extra to what Pastor Don is saying because I know he's about to probably communicate the vision for this church. And those times for me particularly are in 21 days of prayer in January and 21 days of prayer in August. I also lean in and listen at First Fruits Prayer, which we're having this weekend at 9 a.m. right here in the main auditorium on Saturday morning. First Fruits Prayer is a great way to connect with the vision of what God's doing here. I want you to see that for everything Joshua did, it was birthed in the place of prayer. In fact, Joshua 6.2, when Joshua gets this idea, we're gonna walk around the walls. Here's what it says. It says, but the Lord said to Joshua, it doesn't say God appeared to Joshua. And I just have to guess that probably Joshua was just spending some time with God himself. We can see throughout the history of Joshua's life that Moses, his mentor, taught him to go into a place of prayer called the tent of meeting and to just begin to commune with God. And by the end of Moses's tenure as leader of Israel, what we see is that Joshua was making the decisions for the people of Israel. And you know how he was doing it? He was consulting the Lord. And the problem that they faced a little bit later in this story is when they chose not to consult God anymore. And I wanna encourage you today that we have a senior pastor who is praying on behalf of you for the vision of this local church. But it is up to us to pray for him to hear accurately and for us to pray, how can I be a part of this, God? What can I do to serve? And then it's up to us to pray that God would open the doors so that the vision would come to pass. Nothing happens without prayer. If you commit to nothing else for the next six months, would you just pray on your commute for five minutes a day? Would you just pray when you iron your clothes every morning for God to move in a mighty way through this house? The second thing is that we have to prepare. And I love this thing that Pastor Don says. He says, our level of preparation is an indicator of our faith. Man, that really strikes me. Our level of preparation is an indicator of our faith. So yesterday at men's breakfast, imagine if Pastor Rob would have said, hey guys, uh, we're gonna put out five chairs today and we're just gonna believe God for people to come. But we had a people and a team who were ready for a lot of people to come. 
And 122 people showed up and seven people gave their lives to Jesus because somebody chose to prepare, whether it was sitting out chairs or making the bacon in the back, whatever they were doing, they were preparing. And I wanna say this today. It's not just about preparing and how you can help, but I wanna say really clearly, God has been preparing you to be a part of this moment in our church's history forever. Your unique life experiences, the things that have gone wrong in your life and the things that have gone right, God has prepared you for this particular moment. I think about Pastor Eric coming out of the business world and the things that he learned there to help lead the people in this church were crucial. I think about Tori who sang on stage today. I'll never forget, uh, we were trying something new and she said, hey, she's retired Air Force. She said, in your after action review, would you just go ahead? And I said, can you stop speaking Air Force and speak English? And she explained to me her review process in her job and we implemented it because of her life experience, the local church is running more efficiently now. I think about people like Amy right here. You used to be a teacher, right? And now I see that she teaches and helps in our early childhood ministry. There is nobody more qualified to wrangle that many kids at one time, right? And to teach them the gospel. But you think about you went to college for something, but God used you That thing that you thought you went to college for, God is using it now to bring life to kids so that kids can know Jesus for the very first time. God's been preparing you for what he's called you to do in the local church. The third thing, and this is a kind of a tricky one, is purify. It's really crazy to me that before they crossed in to the promised land, they're standing on the edge of the river And Joshua tells the people in Joshua chapter three, verse five, here's what it says. It says, then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Can I ask a really simple question? If they had not purified themselves, would God have done great wonders among them? And I'm not talking about us being perfect and being religious and being stuffy and saying you did the wrong thing and God's not gonna move. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying God is looking for a vessel that's saying I'm willing to be purified by you so that you can flow through me and do what you wanna do. And if you read really carefully in Joshua, and I'll let you read it yourself, it gets a little interesting, but they get into the promised land and God asks them to take a moment and to recommit to him. And as we're in this season, right on the beginning of March, February 26th, we're almost into March. I wonder if God's brought you out of what you used to be in and if God's helped you step step over the threshold and into the promised land and if God's helped you find your place of destiny. But he's saying right now, but there are a couple more things that I wanna get out of your life so that you can be pure and walk in the promise and the destiny that I've called you to. And it could be as simple as God's just saying, hey, for a week, could you just put away Instagram and just listen to me? And it could be as major as something like there's an addiction you've had for quite some time and God wants you to break it. My friend told me a while back, I texted him, just said, hey, I was praying for you today during 21 days in January. And he said, thank you. I just celebrated 13 years sober the other day. That's amazing. Whatever it is, I believe God's asking us, are we willing to purify? Actually, let me rephrase that. Are we willing to allow him to purify us? What are you willing to give up so that God could use you? Because whatever you've got on this earth that you're not willing to give up, can I tell you it's not coming with you into eternity? 
but you will be rewarded in eternity for the way that you allow God to move and function and flow through you. The fourth thing is extremely simple. It's really, really obvious, but it's this. They just participated. And that might sound really plain and obvious to you, but just imagine Joshua goes to the people of Israel and he's like, hey, um, everybody, we are called to march around this city every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, we're gonna do it seven times. And everybody was like, okay, I'll see you on the seventh day and I'll let you just kind of do your thing for six days. Imagine if the people hadn't participated in faith following the vision that God had given to their leader. I don't think the walls would have fallen, but more than that, I don't think they would have taken that region for the glory of God. And I believe that this is a moment where every single one of us has to say, I'm not gonna be a spectator, but I'm gonna be a participant in all that God is doing here at Tree of Life. And you know, Jesus said in Matthew 9, verses 36 through 38, it says he sees the crowds and he has compassion on them. And then here's what he says. It, it was like there were sheep without a shepherd. We know so many people in our world, they're like, I don't know where to go and I'm following anything I can find to try to give me some hope and peace. But it says that he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Can I tell you that in Tree Kids and Tree Student Ministries, the harvest is great. The harvest is great. And we need to be asking God, send more people. Can I say that for our outreach, our food home delivery, all of these kinds of things, the harvest is great. There are people in need and they don't know where to turn. And we've gotta be a people who pray and say, God, send more laborers. But can I take it a step further and say, Isaiah 6 verse eight, Isaiah says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. I wonder if we're willing to say, here I am, send me, if it's a place that we don't want to be sent to. I wonder if we're willing to do the things that nobody else is willing to do because we believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell and that we believe that people's souls are worthy of our participation. It's a question that we've all got to reevaluate all the time. If God asks me to do something that I don't want to do, if God asks me to do something that's inconvenient, am I willing to say yes? And maybe you're not today, but if you're willing to be honest, God can help you turn that no into a yes. And if we could be the people that say, here I am, send me, God could touch and change this region through us. The fifth thing that we've got to do is we've got to proclaim. We've got to proclaim. I love what the Bible says in Habakkuk uh, verse, it's chapter, sorry, two, verse two. It says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, some translations say the vision, and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. What does a herald do? They tell everybody the news. And I want to say this really clearly today. Pastor Don is the primary vision caster at our church, but you and I are the primary vision proclaimers at our church. Here's what I mean by that. Every time you go through the line at Chipotle or wherever it is that you go, if you want to take it to a different level, you could be like Chipotle, Taco Bell. I don't know. It's up to you. It's your choice. I'm not judging you. Um, wherever it is that you go, you proclaim the vision of this church. You wear a piece of tree merch. You're kind to the cashier. You leave a good tip. Pastor Donald was making fun of me 
And I was talking about that lady that cut my hair. Like, I hope you left a good tip. Listen, I wasn't wearing a tree shirt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally joking. But you, you are the primary communicator of the vision of this church out there. Do you understand that? Do you understand how many posts we hear about on Moms of New Braunfels, the Facebook group, where they're like, hey, we're moving to town. We just need a life-giving church. And people just comment, Tree of Life is a great place. My kids love it. You're the primary communicator of the vision of this house. We need you to understand the vision of this house, listening to those go messages. That's why we don't miss listening to a message. I was on vacation on Super Bowl Sunday when Pastor Don preached the opportunity message. You know what I did? I went back and I listened because I wanna understand the vision of this house so that I can proclaim it to the people. You know, I, I, I don't imagine that Joshua just gathered a million plus people and said as loudly as he possibly could, hey, everybody, circle up. Hey, you guys, you know, like circle up. We're gonna walk around this town. But he had people who would disseminate the information. You and I are the people who are called to proclaim what God is doing in this church, in this region, and to see lives change and to see it spread like wildfire. The sixth thing really quick, and the band can go ahead and come up, is praise, praise. And this may sound so obvious, but I think it's really interesting that they didn't praise God after something good happened. They praised him before. And actually in Joshua 6, verse five, it says, when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people, somebody say all, all. shout as loud as they can. Don't do it right now. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people will charge straight into the town. My favorite thing ever one time, the ram's horn. There was a guy, Pastor Don and I were at this ministry event and there was a guy that had one and Pastor Don preached this really good point. And instead of saying, amen, this guy just goes, doo-doo. We are like, okay, that's the one way to do it. There's no ram's horn up here today, although that would be fine. But he said, have all the people shout. Can I just tell you, it is up to you and I to begin praising God in advance for what he's gonna do in and through this church. That, that kind of praise is actually a form of prophecy and that word might scare you, but that word just means declaring what God has spoken. God said, I have given you Jericho. So they begin to thank God in advance. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. And I learned this from listening to Pastor Don. You walk in this room, you walk in the room as a congregate and you see an empty chair and you say, thank you, God, that it's full of people in Jesus' name who are receiving the life, love, and power of Jesus. We begin to praise him in advance for what he's about to do. And then the last and final thing is, number seven, we possess the territory that God has given us. And I'd say be possessed, that's weird. We possess the territory. Some of you are like, I know somebody I'm pretty sure is possessed. They're probably not. You probably just don't like them. We have to possess the territory that God has given us. This verse confused me. Joshua 24, 11, it's like the end of Joshua's life. It's kind of his farewell address. And he says this, he says, he's recapping everything for the Israelites. He should have been like, you guys made me mad so many times, you know, but he didn't. He was a good leader. He said, then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. Listen to this. And the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. That sounds like some of my countryside of my family. You know what I mean? The, Hitt 
the Hittites, the anyways, but I delivered them into your hand. What's fascinating to me and what confused me is God told Joshua, I'm delivering Jericho into your hand. And there's no record of them, Jericho, the people of Jericho putting up a fight once they got in. So I just assume the walls fall, it's over. They go and take care of it and they grab Rahab and her family. But Joshua is recalling what happened later in his life. And he says that the people of Jericho fought against the people of God. And I'm not talking about people fighting against people right here. I want you to understand something really clearly. I'm talking about in a spiritual sense, here's what happens. God will give you a miracle, but we need to go in and do the work. God can do anything for this church, but it takes you and me saying yes to the vision and walking in and saying, God, we thank you that you broke the walls down. Thank you, God, that you opened up schools that we could minister to the teachers in those schools, but we're gonna be the ones that go in and bring them snacks. We're gonna be the ones that go in and prayer walk. God, thank you that you opened the doors so that we could work with the San Antonio and the New Braunfels Food Bank, but we're gonna be the people who then show up and serve. God, thank you that you brought a family who's never been to church before and they brought their three precious kids, but I'm gonna be the person who stands in the classroom and teaches that kid about Jesus. That there is work to be done to possess the land. Here's what I wanna say. God has called Tree of Life to do something mighty in this region, but this church is not built on a platform. Our founding pastor said it is built on its people. And you and I have to lock arms and say, I'm gonna go wherever God sends me to. And if God gave a vision to Pastor Don, just like he gave a vision to Joshua, and even if it looks a little grand and a little beyond the scope of what we can do, I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna prepare. I'm gonna purify my heart and say, God, if there's anything in me that's prohibiting me from doing what you've called me to do, take it out. I'm gonna proclaim the vision. I'm gonna speak what God is speaking. I'm gonna praise God in advance for what He's doing. And then I'm gonna help walk in and possess all that God has told us to possess. Here's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the spiritual dynamic of this region. And God is saying to us, we're not talking about physical people. We're saying, God is saying, walk in and tell people about the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. To see a region transformed, for the gospel of Jesus. And then beyond that, as we're seeing in Pakistan and in India and in Cuba and Vietnam and Mexico to see nations transformed for Jesus. But our founding pastor said this, and excuse me while I flip all the way there. Our founding pastor said this. He said, if greatness does not rise up in your life and your heart, according to the measure that God has created in you, then this church will not rise up in its greatness. And then he said, it's time for us to close ranks. And I believe God's called you to be great as an individual, not great the way the world thinks of greatness, not great because of your bank account, although that is something that God can use for you to be great in his kingdom through generosity. Not great because you're famous, although God can use the fact that you're known in the community as a tool to minister to people. Not great because of your business acumen, although God can use the organizational skills you have to help other people in need and to build the local church. God has called you not to be great in the world's eyes, but to be great in His 
kingdom. And when you become great through serving, generosity and opportunity, finding your destiny in the place that God has for you, then this church will possess the land that God has given us. Can we close our eyes today as we pray? Father, I thank you that you're helping each of us to take one step towards purpose today. Whether it's praying or purifying, you know, giving up Instagram for a week and just saying, God, use me, change me, transform me. I'll read my Bible instead of what I was doing before. Whatever it is, God, whether it's proclaiming the vision of the church, whatever it is, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us to take one step towards fulfilling all that you've got for this church. And Pastor Don has preached seven amazing messages this year to help us get to this place. And Father, my heart today is that each of us would just say, I'll say yes to the next step even beyond that. To support Pastor Don's vision, to go where this church is supposed to go, to be a blessing and an influence in this region, not so that people can say what a great church, but so that people can say what a good God. Father, we thank you that this church has a destiny and a purpose and a plan. And each of us as individuals will help us fulfill it. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you wanna find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 